Welcome, everybody. This is Charlie Epstein, and I'm here and welcoming you to our Killing Retirement podcast. This is the show that breaks down the old paradigm of retirement, and we're really about replacing it with this new shift, what I call helping you to take a look at your life and create a life worth living, a life that you love, the joy and passion that you want to put into that life, and really changing this paradigm around this notion of retirement as we have it here in America for such a long, long time. For so long, I think people, you know, growing up in, in this country in particular, have always been faced with the facts that, you know, you work for a company or several companies, but that one day, someday date of 60, 62, or 65 is your retirement date is the state that everybody's working towards. And then what happens? You know, we live in a world that's just so full of abundance. And the fact of the matter is that people are living longer. And I always ask the question, if a child today could live to 120 and they retired at 65 under the old paradigm. What are they going to do, play golf for 55 years? And I don't think that's really what everybody is looking for. So we're really about supporting you and living the best life possible and being fully engaged in the things that you're most passionate about. And today I'm really excited that we're going to be talking with Robert Scheinfeld. He's the best-selling author of the book Busting Loose from the Money Game. Mind-blowing strategies for changing the rules of a game you can't win. He's also written a book called The Invisible Path to Success and The Eleventh Element, but we're going to be focusing on the busting loose from the money game. And uh, Robert, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Happy to be here. Great. We're just so thrilled that you're here. And, you know, let's take, uh, take the opportunity to just step back for a moment and if I could ask you, you know, how, how did you get here? How did you get to this place? where you are focused on writing these books, and specifically this book about busting loose from the money game. What brought you to this place? Well, there are two pieces, and the first piece happened when I was 12, and the second piece happened when I was in my um, late 20s, early 30s. The first piece is I had an extraordinarily successful grandfather, uh, not only in business and with finances, he was one of the wealthiest people of his time before he died in 1970 and turned an idea that he had on the docks of Chicago into one of the world's biggest and most successful corporations. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And, and also was just, I mean, he played the piano beautifully, he played the guitar beautifully. He was the happiest person that I'd ever seen. He was just this amazing guy. And I grew up in this family with this amazing guy and extraordinary success story and wealth. And there were just these rumblings that there was something mysterious about his success. The secret was something mysterious that nobody really knew. And I kept bugging him at age 12. What's this big secret, Gramps? You know, what, 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 you know what's going on that no one's talking about? And he kept putting me off. And then we were all on a trip to celebrate his birthday. And he took me aside. We had a cup of hot chocolate. And he said, I'm finally going to talk to you about what you've been asking me about. Wow. And it was a relatively short conversation, but he said, you know, there's the visible world and there's the invisible world, and most people think the power is in the visible world, but it's not. It's in the invisible world, and I discovered something about the invisible world and how to tap power there that very few people know. And, uh, and, the people in, and, uh, and that's my secret. And so he talked a little bit more about this in very vague terms, invisible power that he was able to tap. And... He said to me, when you grow up, you're going to hear stuff that sounds like this, but I'm talking about something very different that very few people know, and the people who know almost no one talks about. So at age 12, this, this 
seed was planted in my mind and there was this great hunger to figure out what the hell he was talking about and to be able to find out what these invisible power sources were and tap them myself. But I was 12, you know, so I did kid stuff until I got serious in my 20s about discovering what he was talking about because he died seven, eight months later without really revealing the secret of any kind. It was just a gigantic tease. So that was the first piece. Uh, 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 he really hurt you, right? Well, he did two things. He, he teased me with the fact that there was this power source that, that was he credited with everything that he achieved, including the idea for manpower, the company, building it, blowing through resistance and challenges, making it successful and bigger and bigger and bigger, and skepticism that if it's, if it's in plain sight, it's probably not the secret, even if it seems like it. So when I got into my 20s, I left college, I was bored, I didn't finish, and I went searching for this stuff that he had teased me with when I was a kid. And that brings us to the second piece, which is no matter what I did and no matter how many times I thought I discovered the secret, my life was still a mess. And I was very good at making money, I was very good at making huge amounts of money, but I was better at losing it. <laughs> and not just losing it, but going way the other way into debt and having to start over. And, you know, up, 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 crash and burn kept repeating. And I was not happy. I was a stressed out, angry maniac. I couldn't make relationships work, especially with women romantic. And I, I tried everything that was out there that I could see from the weirdest to the most mainstream. Nothing worked. And one day I said, okay. Obviously, what Gramps was talking about, the magic secret that I'm looking for, it isn't being taught by the famous gurus and the visible people, and I haven't found it on my own. And I actually went out in the backyard and I screamed at whatever you want to call it, you know, source, God, whatever. And I said, look, you teased the shit out of me when I was 12. I paid my dues here. I've worked my butt off. I, these patterns keep repeating. And I actually said, Either you tell me what it is that Gramps was talking about and you reveal this big secret or get me the hell out of here because I can't do this anymore. Mm. The crash and burn thing started to happen again when I had a family and I had kids and I was married and they would have suffered. And I just and I was at the end of my rope. I just couldn't do it anymore. And nine months later, there was a radical shift. That is what I talk about in the book busting loose from the money game that you mentioned. And uh, it didn't happen overnight. It was multiple years unfolding. But when I finally found something that worked, then I wanted to share it. And when I first started sharing it, I actually thought to myself, I don't know if this would work for anybody else, if it would interest anybody else, or if it was just weird Robert's solution to a screwed up life. <laughs> hmm. But I found out that it, it not only worked for other people, certainly not everybody, nothing does, but people all over the world, from different cultures, different races, different creeds, different backgrounds, different challenges, different economies, different everything. And so that fueled me to, to really want to continue to do that, and it became the passion of my life when I saw that I finally had discovered something that worked when nothing else did and was able to help people that had, had a similar kind of a frustration, and so then it became my career. And, and you, when you talk about this radical shift and you talk in the book, I mean, what, what you're teaching here is a profound shift in a way of thinking in terms of your mindset, no? Yes. It's a profound shift. And, and what I discovered, too, part of the magic, and this is something that seems duh, obvious, but many people, including me, for so much of my life, miss the significance of it, is that 
it's not about thinking and it's not about logic and it's not about analysis and it's not about intellect. It's about a shift that takes place, yes, in your mindset, but at such a deep and profound level that everything changes, including your thinking and your feeling and, and what happens in your life internally and externally. But it's a profound experiential shift that takes place that then ripples out and changes everything because everyone that you probably in your own life, everybody listening has had the experience of trying to think their way somewhere that they're not. And it just doesn't work. It has yeah. to become experiential. It has to drop down to make a deep pr permanent and gigantic change within you experientially. And then that change ripples through everything, including your thinking. Somebody once said the mind is a terrible thing and it must be stopped in our lifetime, right? Our thoughts actually, if I'm in tune with what you're saying, get in the way our analysis and our thoughts and our logical thinking actually cloud our ability to have this experience that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Now, those things, you know, that you just talked about, they're very useful, you know, sure. at work, yeah. and they're useful yeah. in problem solving and other things, but not in the area of truth with a capital T, not in the area of transformation with a capital T. No, then they get in the way. But I do want to say there's a lot of teachings out there, spiritual, religious, and, and mainstream and other kinds of things that talk about the fact that you've got to shut the mind off, you know, you've got to kill the ego, whatever it is. And what I discovered is, no, number one, that's never going to happen, and you wouldn't want it to happen. But what happens is, whatever you want to call it, mind, ego, whatever, it needs to be reprogrammed, and it needs to be reassigned and given a new job, but you don't want it to go away you couldn't function. You know, you'd wake up in the morning, you wouldn't know where the hell you were, how to walk, how to eat, how to get to your car, work, I and mean, you need it. Mm -hmm. You just, it, it, its role needs to be changed, and that's what happens when this shift happens, and it, it needs to be reprogrammed, which again, the experience shifts so that it operates differently when it does, let's call it intrude. That's kind of a strong word, but. Right. Yeah. And I know my listeners are sitting there thinking, okay, Robert, so, what is this radical shift? And, and you separate things into, into two phases, phase one and phase two. And maybe if you could explain the difference between that might, might get our listeners to, to this radical shift that you're talking about. Well, it takes a, a little bit of explanation. So I just have to say most people that listen to this will probably be a little frustrated and think that I left something out and I didn't. It's just we don't have time to go into the full complexity of it. But and I also want to say there's now, it evolved into the phase one, phase two, and phase three, and I'll talk about what I mean. Uh-huh. Before I do that, what I want to do is, well, actually, I'll talk first. Most people that are listening to this in one way, shape, or form have probably heard a saying that goes something like this. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And the implication is we're a lot more than just this body and this person and this individual that we think we are, and we're here having this, I call it human experience or human story, you know, but that's not all that we are. That's not who we really are. Uh, can you resonate with that? Absolutely. Okay, so I absolutely agree with that, but I have a very different take on what spiritual being means and what physical experience means. That's where the breakthroughs came from. So, and all of what I'm going to share now is it's a model and it's a metaphor and it's the closest that ideas and concepts can get to a truth with a capital T that can't really be quantified. So what I was shown and was able to experience the truth of is that we are this extraordinary, I call it infinite being, anybody can use whatever word they want that's 
infinitely wise, infinitely powerful, infinitely abundant, happy all the time, could snap its fingers and to create anything, entire universes. I mean, that's who we really are. And who we really are as this infinite being decided that it wanted to have a very unique experience. It wanted to play a very unique game, and it wanted to have experiences opposite to that. So if the natural state is infinite power, who we really are wanted to experience being powerless in a variety of ways, which it cannot experience in its natural state. Infinite wisdom, the opposite of that is not being wise. You know, we're born as infants that know nothing, and we have to learn everything. And that's an amazing experience that who we really are can't have in its natural state. Our natural state's infinite abundance, so we have lots of experiences of not having abundance, but trying to create it, getting it, losing it, uh, trying to get it, not being able to, whatever. Uh, who we really are is happy all the time, and so we have an experience opposite to that here of not being happy but trying to be or not being happy all the time or struggling with quote-unquote positive and negative emotions. And by the way, the, the other book I wrote that's out there that you didn't mention is um, The Ultimate Key to Happiness that came out of, out of this. But Great. Um, so this thing that I call the human game or the human story was created by who we really are in order to play, explore, self-creatively and have experiences opposite to who it really is. Who we really are doesn't have a body. So anything that we experience with a body, walking, running, exercising, sex, eating, music, you know, anything who we really are cannot experience. So this amazing game called the human game was created in order to allow these very, very unique experiences that are part of what being human is all about. But at the core of it, it's to have experiences opposite to the natural of who we really are. That's the fascination. That's the opportunity. So phase one of the human game, we're born, and over time we're convinced, you know, that, that, uh, that you're really Charlie and I'm really Robert, and we really are this limited, flawed human being, and we're limited and restricted by all these forces beyond our control. And we then start to have these limiting and restricting opposite to who we really are experiences, which we bitch and moan and complain about, but who we really are is having a total blast having that experience. Now, to continue, let me share a, a quick metaphor that I call sun and clouds. But before I do that, do you want to interject? Uh, in, in terms of the physical and the spiritual and um, the game, I, I definitely in alignment with what you're saying because life is a game. The way I like to share it with my friends and clients is, you know, you made up the rules and you forgot you made up the rules, and the rules that you may be playing with now aren't the rules that you, you know, could really empower you to be fully engaged in living the life that you really want to lead, and that can make a huge difference. So I think I'm aligned from that perspective. How am I doing? Yeah. I mean, I'd language it a little different, but yes. Yeah. But the key point and the thing that, that I discovered experience beyond just thinking it or understanding it that's so profound is it isn't that we screwed up and it isn't that there's a problem and it isn't that there's something wrong or that humans are the dullards of the universe, you know, while there are all these brilliant people and whatever spiritual beings, other places. This was the point of the game. The point of the game was to create a unique game with unique rules that were designed to create experiences opposite to who we really are, which are the things that we always complain about. But the opportunity 
which again I didn't know, and many teachings don't acknowledge that there is, is that there is an opportunity to change the rules of the game and start to play it differently. So to explain this, what I want to share is the metaphor of sun and clouds. So imagine that who you really are, this infinite being with all this power and wisdom and abundance and joy, um, and, and the life that you really want to live, that would really float your boat, that would really make you happy and fulfilled and passion like you talked about at the beginning. Imagine that, that that's the equivalent of the sun. And when we think of the sun, we think of great power, great light, great energy, great heat. So it's a good metaphor for who we really are. So to come here and have this phase one experience of being opposite to that, imagine that you have to create this very solid, very dense layer of cloud cover. And I'm not, you know, clouds are smoky and wispy and you can put your hand through them, but imagine that this cloud cover in the metaphor here is solid and dense, you know, like steel or diamonds or something, very difficult to get through. So as we're growing up from when we're born to growing up, when we forget who we really are and we lock in all this opposite of who we really are and play in limitation, it's like this very solid, dense layer of cloud cover that gets put into place and it either causes us to forget about the sun and who we are and what's really going on, or if we discover that by studying some spiritual teaching or whatever it is, then we are aware of it, but we can't experience it. We can't live it. It's blocked from us. And so that's phase one. But what I discovered is, is that there's a phase two of the game and a phase three, that wasn't in the book, phase three came later, where you can go into that cloud cover metaphorically, and with specific drilling tools, you can drill tunnels through it, poke holes through it, knock out chunks of it, and allow the son of who you really are, the son of truth, the son of the, the life you really want to live, which isn't always what you think you want to live and what you'd ask a magic genie for now, by the way, um, shines in automatically because it's just sitting there. The sun, the truth, the infinite being that you are didn't go anywhere. It just got blocked from your knowledge and experience. So you knock out the cloud cover. The sun has to shine in, and whatever it shines on, it transforms. So phase two is what I call the drilling operation, where you go into the cloud cover and you use four specific tools that are talked about in the book to knock out the cloud cover and allow more and more of the sun to shine in. And whatever it shines on, it transforms. And there's still going to be limitation and restriction because you can't be human and not have that. But you play with fewer limits, fewer restrictions, and only limits and restrictions that make it fun for you to play a game. And then phase three is what I call playing in the sunshine. So phase one's building the cloud cover, locking it in, experiencing extreme limitation and restriction in various ways different for all of us. Phase two is knocking out the cloud cover systematically. It's not about producing any specific results in money, relationships, health, or whatever. It's about knocking out the cloud cover. And then phase three is about being able to play a new game with radically different results, with different kinds of limitations and restrictions for the pure fun and joy and passion of it. And that's what I discovered. I discovered these phases. I discovered these four tools. And what I call navigation support for using them and drilling through the cloud cover and knocking it out and getting to the point where you can play in the sunshine. That's the easiest way to explain it. Mm. And so let's talk a little bit about those specific tools for, for our listeners. So how would you describe the four specific tools that allow somebody to begin to break in, break out of and into the sunshine? 
Well, I don't like to get into great detail on okay. them because it can get confusing and it's incomplete when we have so little time. But what yes, I like sir. people to think of is uh, imagine that you're a handyman or handywoman. And so you've got a tool belt and you've got a toolbox in your truck. And you go to somebody's house and you find out they need something. And so then you pull out the right tool and you help them with what you need, whether it's a hammer, or a screwdriver, or a drill, or whatever. So there's four tools. They are designed to be used when different things happen in your day-to-day -day life, and it's very obvious and clear. You use each one when specific kinds of things happen to you. And then what I say to people is imagine that every time you use one of those tools, it's like turning on a magical drill bit that starts to cut through this cloud cover. So every time you use one of the tools, something is happening in the cloud cover, even if you don't know that it is. And over time, the cumulative use of the tools and the drilling through the cloud cover, you know, some of the tools might be C4 that you can use to blow up some of it, but it does not. I really want to make it clear on this path, it is not overnight success. It's not instant. It's something that's designed to unfold over a period of time, generally a year or more, but it can be different for people, in order to let you have an extraordinary experience of drilling through the cloud cover and experiencing the sun start to shine versus whammo, finger snapping magic. So there's four tools. You pull them out and you use them when certain things happen in your life, and the cumulative effect of it is um, holes get poked, chunks get knocked out, more and more sun starts to shine in, and as that happens, everything, and I mean everything inside of you and outside of you, begins to shift. And, it, and is that a shift where somebody is really getting in touch with the truth for them in terms of the life that they really want to lead and engage in? Yeah. That is one of the biggest benefits, and it came to me as one of the biggest surprises because if you and I were doing this live in front of an audience and you or I went to the audience at this point and said, raise your hand if you think that you really know who you are from a spiritual perspective and raise your hand if you think you really know who you really are, you know, as a personality, as a person, as an individual, the vast majority of the room, odds are, would raise their hands. They do, you know, we think we know. If a magic genie showed up tomorrow and gave us three wishes, most of us think we know what would make us happy, what would really lead to a fulfilling whatever life, and we don't. Uh, History is filled with examples of that. There's very few exceptions to it. And so, yes, that's one of the biggest benefits that comes with the sunshine is that you get very clear on who you really are um, at a spiritual level, which is this infinite being that we talked about, and you have the opportunity to actually experience that, not just have a cool idea. And then layer after layer after layer of what I call lies, illusions, and stories about who you really are, what you really want, what would really make you happy, what would really float your boat, get peeled away, and you get really clear on who you really are, what you really want, and then everything in your life starts to align with that. And it can happen anyway, but in general, there isn't a need for techniques or effort or tools or practices or methods or setting goals or intentions or targets. Who you really are gets clear, what you really want gets clear, and then it starts to show up naturally and automatically without you feeling like you're pushing against resistance or trying to figure out how to do it. And there are some exceptions to that, but in general, it's a radically different experience. And yes, it's getting totally in, in touch at an experiential and a knowledge level about who you really are, what you really want, what would really make you happy. 
and then everything starts to align with that. That's what happens. And I can tell you, when I got clear on who this Robert guy really is, and, and it, it isn't one thing, and it can change over time, but when I got clear, I didn't have a clue 10 years ago. All the stuff that if a magic genie showed up I would have asked for would have been wrong, and I wouldn't have been happy. And a bunch of those things I did get, and I wasn't happy, uh, which, again, is part of what led to me being on this path that you asked me about before. So, yeah. That's the biggest benefit that comes from this. And it isn't any specific thing like making more money or being able to attract your soulmate or overcoming a health issue. It's none of the things people would think it is that's the real goodie. It's exactly what you said. And what I just said, which is getting really clear idea and concept and experience, who you really are, what you really want, what would really make you happy, and then having the delicious experience of seeing your whole life fall easily and effortlessly and naturally into you actually experiencing that over time. Yeah, my experience with people over the 35 years that I've been in the financial world is struggle and effort and people stuck in what I call their myths of money, their myths of life. And this is just the way it is, you know, that, well, this is just the way it is. And someday maybe it will turn out or, when I have enough of fill in the blank, then it will get better. And I'm sure you had that experience as you were struggling and and going through that pattern that you shared about, you know, making all the money, losing it, uh, all the personal issues that you had, that roller coaster ride of one day, someday, things will turn out. And they didn't, right? Yeah. They didn't. And that's what's in the cloud cover. Yeah. What causes people to think those things, what causes people to do the things that lead to those kinds of things, all of it is what's in the cloud cover. And when you knock it out, and you don't have to knock all of it out, and things begin to change when you poke one hole and a little bit of sun begins to shine in, but um, it, there's a very different way to play the human game. There's a very different way to go about getting what you want, so to speak. There's a very different way of finding out what it is that you really want um, and it's it just, it's extraordinary, and it blew me away, and yes, on some level, because of my grandfather and, and Robert being the eternal optimist, like you said, I figured someday I would find this holy grail, I'd find this treasure at the end of the rainbow. At certain points, I gave up and thought, no, I'm not going to, and <laughs> I don't know what the hell my grandfather knew, but clearly I'm not going to, you know. But when I actually got there and I started to experience what was in the sunshine, which I was only just beginning to when I wrote the book, so there's a lot of this kind of stuff I just didn't know because I hadn't experienced it yet. But when it happened, it completely blew me away, and 99.9% .9 of it I never saw coming. I never anticipated. I never would have expected. And it was extraordinary, especially because of the contrast of how screwed up and unhappy I was. Right. And to see all that stuff melt away and to see uh, all the stuff that we just talked about, and it's continuing to happen. You know, I'm not, my life's not over and everything hasn't rippled its way through and the story hasn't been completed yet of my life. But just if I died tomorrow, you know, it would be extraordinary with every single aspect of my life uh, touched in deep, profound, and permanent ways from this. And it all started from... The model that we talked about, going into more detail about who we really are, why we're really here, phase one, phase two, phase three. And there's in the book, there's that's the philosophy piece. Then there's a science piece that verifies the philosophy piece. And then there's the practical piece, which is the tools and how to use them and how to deal with the changes that come in your life. 
And it all started with those four tools and me just using them day in and day out, not knowing where it was going to go except sunshine and it was going to be something great, and then seeing this extraordinary story unfold that I never would have guessed at or predicted. You know, reading your book at the very end, there's a note that you indicate or reference your wife's passion for doing and teaching yoga. And I've been doing yoga every morning for 25 years. And people will say to me, 25 years? I mean, isn't there a time that you miss? And I say, there isn't a day that I don't miss. And it's that concept of missing, not that I miss something. It's it's that grounded connectedness. And, uh, and you have... It's uh, anybody who does yoga knows what you have here in the book when when she ends her class by holding her hands together in a prayer position and saying namaste. And then she reads the divine. I salute the divine in you. That is the divine in me. That is the divine that is present in all beings. And it is in this way that we are all one. And it's that silence, that connectedness that most people miss in life because they're racing to some sort of outcome or some sort of solution that they think will solve that puzzle. And I'm, uh, yeah, but again, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse as they all kind of disgusting really saying goes. Um, the implication in phase one teachings is that the kind of stuff that you just said is a mistake and it's screwing up your life and it's a problem and you need to stop it. And you need to do this instead. But the, the key point that I really want to hammer home again. Actually, uh, I, I, I wasn't meaning it to say that because you can't stop. No, but most human, people do. Right, right. People think they have to stop what they're doing to get to what, where you say that radical shift. Or that it's a mistake to be so caught up on stuff that you don't take the time to smell the roses or whatever else. But it's very important to really understand that's part of the game for all of that to happen. Yeah. But the opportunity is it can change. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the typical ways that are taught with phase one, as I call it, self-help and personal development and spiritual development and healing techniques. Ultimately, those don't work to knock out the cloud cover. They may work to change something in a daily life, but they don't knock out the cloud cover. That's the other thing. That's why so many of these techniques fail is because you've got this cloud cover that's blocking the sun and we're running around in metaphorically a dark, cold, black and white world with the cloud cover in place and we do all kinds of stuff in the dark, cold, black and white world to try to change it. Sometimes we do change it, but the cloud cover is still there. The sun is still blocked. And, and unless something gets you into the cloud cover and knocks out huge chunks, your life isn't going to change in the way that you deeply want to, that you've mentioned, that I've mentioned. And that's the magic that I discovered and then experienced that was missing from so many of the other teachings. But the struggles that we have and the blind spots that we have and the dead ends that we go down and these kinds of things, they weren't because we're stupid or we screwed up or listened to the wrong person. It's part of what phase one's all about. But then there is the opportunity for phase two and phase three. And that's what I discovered and have now shared with, geez, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people all over the world in various ways, through the books, through live events, through online courses, shippable courses, it's been an extraordinary journey now for, uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. Um, so what's next? Where, where do you see yourself heading next with this? 
Well, for me, that book was written 10, 11 years ago. So I used the tools. I knocked out an enormous amount of cloud cover. More and more sun started to shine in. And when that happened, not only did my life change, but I was able to see and experience a lot more of what I call truth with a capital T. And so the teachings evolved. And uh, on my website, there are other things that are available that share where my journey took me and where it can take you. And um, the most recent teaching that I've shared is called The Ultimate Freedom Experience. And what's become clear to me is what's in that teaching is what my whole life was about. That was the final destination for me. Not that it's the be-all, end-all for everybody, but it was the be-all, end-all for me and my story and my life. And, um, and that I'm, I got to that destination. So what's next for me is simply playing in the sunshine and having a great time and continuing to support people who are interested in what I do to knock out the cloud cover and play in the sunshine themselves. And, and then I, I, I've had a, a, a vision and a dream since I was a kid of, of writing fiction and writing a series of novels about a character that goes on this path that I call the truth path loosely based on my life, but, and then uh, either myself or with other people turning them into movies. Cause that's a, if my life had gone down a different path, I would have been a movie director and been absolutely on top of the world. Mm. And the marriage that I talked about in the book, uh, ended in a divorce in a very supportive thing for knocking out cloud cover, but a very difficult thing in my life. And so What's next for me is meeting a new partner that hasn't happened yet and then having a very different kind of a relationship with a woman than anything that I've ever had before. And that's all I know about what's next. <laughs> Other than that, I expect to be it's... very surprised yeah. um, as my story continues to unfold. And it's telling the truth about it. I just, I love that. And, I, and this notion of killing retirement, you know, for our listeners, and what I love so much about really what you've shared with us is the journey never ends you know life, no. life is a journey that never ends you have a great quote by shirley mclean since you love movies and wanted to be a producer director that's also uh something we share you know i mentioned to you earlier before we got on the call that my mother was an opera singer and i still have my union card and for 12 years i used to take three to five months off from my financial business and go pursue my passion as an actor and perform on stages did a one-man show played all seven characters and uh, it's always a journey, and it's the, as you say, chipping away at the cloud cover is the takeaway as you get closer into the light. So, and I can also tell you, having gone through a horrible divorce, uh, that I have found the one, and my wife and I work together, and that uh, makes for just an amazing, amazing, abundant and full life, so. Well, and I expect, that, that that's coming and you know the other thing based on what you said before that you know better than I but I've seen this happen so much and it's not a rule or a formula but it happens a lot is that like I'll give you an example my mother got remarried after a divorce to my father and she got married to a guy who was a surgeon and he just loved being a doctor I mean it was the passion of his life it was the most important thing in his life and he just loved it and he worked for a clinic where you had to retire at 65. You know, they were worried about um, uh, lawsuits and malpractice if someone's hand started to shake or whatever when they got older and whatever, so they forced you to retire at 65. And he was just lost. And he ultimately died two or three years later, which happens an awful lot uh, right. because there just was nothing 
nothing to drive him, nothing that brought him joy, nothing that brought him passion. And he was in a unique situation where he was forced to retire. But most of the people that I know, you know, they're not going to retire until they die. What they do may change, but they want to be constantly busy and, and being passionate about something and expressing themselves creatively and doing all different kinds of things. And But retirement is one of those things that it's built into the cloud cover. It's built into what I call the mind machine now and as a target and as a what you're driving for and saving for and investing for and all these things. But it's one of those lies, illusions, and stories that ultimately doesn't serve most people. Yeah, and that's the whole notion here of killing retirement is killing that notion. And, uh, you know, my first book, Paychecks for Life, I don't use the word retirement because it's, Webster's definition is to put out of use. So we, we trademarked and registered a phrase we call desirement planning, which is, you know, what is it that you're passionate? What is it that you desire to do most? And how do you craft a life and, and, and the finances that will support the things that you desire to do most? So I think the connectivity of what you're talking about here in your work and in your experience and busting loose from the money game is really letting go of uh, those those myths and those notions, as you say, chipping away and getting into the light. I think it's fantastic. And I just uh, really, really appreciate the life you've lived, the, the sharing that you're doing, and look forward to seeing what's next as you talk about the ultimate freedom experience. I think it's going to be exciting. So let, how do it's, we... It's been amazing. Yeah. How, so how do people connect with you? Where do they go? You mentioned the website, so let's make sure they know what that is. Well, it's robertscheinfeld.com, and I'm sure you, it, the spelling, you know, is tricky, so I'm sure yes. it'll be on your website. But yep. it's R-O-B-E-R-T, Robert Scheinfeld, S-C-H-E-I-N-F-E-L-D.com. And um, once you get there, there's all kinds of free resources and other things that are available, trainings that you can take, ways that you can discover more of what it is that I offer. And it's all pretty simple and self-explanatory from going to the main page. And then certainly there's a contact tab if you need to contact us by phone or email or whatever else. Fantastic. Robert, thank you so much for sharing with us uh, your stories, your grandfather's wisdom and the wisdom that you've acquired and, and continue to share. And for all of our listeners, remember, you can go to my webpage. That's killingretirement.com. And you can click on the RSS feed to get our Killing Retirement podcast delivered to you each month. And you can also reach out to me here at cdepstein at the401kcoach.com for answers about how we can help you kill your retirement notions. And I'm Charlie Epstein, and thanks for listening. And Robert, thank you so much for sharing with us everything and the wisdom that you've acquired. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it.